Good morning once again, and Happy Easter. As I started to prepare for this morning, I thought, what can you really say about Easter? Are there really any words? I thought maybe we could all just sit here in awe of what Easter is. And then I thought that you would think I was trying to get another day off. (laughs) So instead, I will try my best to put a few thoughts together. But before I do, I also want to say that Easter exists within the world in which we live, although it is not part of this world. So that we came here today, and if you glanced at all at the headlines or listened at all to the news, there is so much going on, so much that we would bring with us today in our personal lives and in the world around us that needs the care and the love of what we believe we find in this place, in the world. So none of that, none of that is being ignored. None of that is being left out. But we gather together here as a core this morning to think about our place in this world, even though we are not of this world in the eyes of the resurrection and the God who created us. So we start from that place. In his book, Quest for the Historical Jesus, Albert Schweitzer said this, there is no historical task which so reveals someone's true self as writing about the life of Jesus. With doctorates in theology, philosophy, medicine, a very smart guy, and a missionary, he challenged the secular view of Jesus during his life, which began in the late 1800s and through the mid-1900s. His idea that no task reveals oneself in quite the same way as writing about the life of Jesus reflects for me a truth that Jesus is someone who needs to be known. We need to know Jesus from deeply inside. However that happens, whether it happens from meditation, whether it happens from prayer, whether it happens in worship, walks in the park. It is a prerequisite to know Jesus and to know him in community as well, just the way in which he was known when he walked on this planet. In fact, this is just the way that Jesus has always been known over the ages. Jaroslav Pelikan, a brilliant theologian and author, writes in his book, Jesus through the centuries, Mary through the centuries, the following. He says, each age depicts Jesus in in accordance with its own character. For each age, the life and the teachings of Jesus represented an answer, or more often the answer, to the most fundamental questions of human existence and of human destiny. And it was to the figure of Jesus as set forth in the Gospels that those questions were addressed. It makes sense. History is full of examples of how Jesus, 
has been perceived and used over the centuries, depending on the events, ways in which Jesus has continued to be used today, sometimes by those we see as the oppressed, sometimes as those we see as the oppressors. Pelican goes on in saying this, think of the practice of seeing Jesus Christ as King of Kings. Much of the divine rights of kings and the theory of holy war rested on the preposition, presupposition that Jesus Christ was king. And so did much of the eventual rejection of both all war and of the divine right of kings, depending on the time and the place. Human history changes, and it changes the understandings we have of Jesus. Yet Jesus, this light that we lit last night, Jesus and the light remain. Take a few minutes sometime and plot your own understanding of history. Just take a few minutes and think about ways in which Jesus, the risen Jesus, has impacted life, history, and the movements of this planet and vast humanity that resides on it. Think about how Jesus has impacted each one of those events. It wouldn't be that hard to do. We have had the impact of Jesus' life, whether religious or non-religiously affiliations for more than 20 centuries, over a thousand generations since he walked the earth. What were people saying about Jesus? How were they following or using him in the first century? The fifth century? The Crusades? The Dark Ages? The Renaissance? The Enlightenment? The American Revolution? Wars? Emancipation? Suffrage? Women's rights? Civil rights? Human rights? Jesus had a definition and a place in each of those. Think of how some churches today argue and disagree over the trinity of confrontation and fundraising, sometimes called God, guns, and gays. It is the world, and Jesus is in the world. So the question for me is not the overlay of which one of these Jesuses of past historical times should I apply like a transparency to this historical time, nor is it how do we define Jesus today based on the conditions in which we exist today. There is no definition of Jesus, just as there is no definition of you or me. Rather, the question I think is, is the ongoing revelation of Jesus in these times, what is that? And then that begs the next question for me. Who is Jesus in my life? After all, these are my times too. How is Jesus revealed to me in my life, to you in your life? How do I reflect? How do we reflect, practice, witness, love Jesus and love others through Jesus in our lives? Like Schweitzer's reference to the revelations of writing, I find the growing meaning of Jesus in my life from a place other than myself, which resides deeply within myself. 
there is an other than me inside of me. An other than me that forms the life and the spirit that I attempt to grasp, even though it cannot be held. I see it as a connection to God that contradicts much of the input I receive in this world. That other than me, that connection to God challenges that and demands, demands from some place that I admit I once in a while wish were quiet, that I always pay attention, knowing that I always have the free choice to embrace or to look away. You know, we call today April 8th Easter, Easter Sunday. Last year, Easter was April 22nd. Next year, it will be April 4th. It is always the first Sunday after the Paschal full moon. Our sisters and brothers in the Orthodox tradition celebrate Palm Sunday today and Easter Sunday next week. Easter is not a day. The resurrection of Jesus is not a day. The remembrance of a risen Jesus in this world, a Jesus that overcame the gravity of death, the gravity of sin, and the gravity of the earth to rise above it, even beyond the constellations and the lunar calendars, is the Jesus that tells us we too can believe. Believe that we are set free from the gravity of death, set free from the distance created by sin, set free from the constellations and the cosmos, even though we are of stardust. It is the other of which we are made that is the kingdom, I believe. The kingdom that Jesus describes as being here on earth now. The kingdom of God is near. It is at hand. It is here. And I think it is the intersection of this cross. It is the intersection of the kingdom of God that is here and the other within us that intersects. And I think that's the cross that we carry today. To me, the revelation of Jesus in our lives has to come from the inside out. From inside the God in us into the world all around us. The revelation of Jesus comes in community, subtly, such as serving others through missions, and directly, witnessing to others why we serve others through mission, and jointly by being here without separation of the work we do or the worship we need together. It is the cross. It is carrying our own cross, it is picking it up and intersecting our lives and our cross in this world in the light of the risen Jesus. And about the light, the revelation of Jesus comes in the light that shines on us and 
That light also reveals what lay in the shadows. The shadows that we would prefer not to see. The shadows that reduce our levels of comfortability. The shadows that without the light and the revelation of Jesus in our lives becomes too strong to resist or too hurtful to see. The shadows that grow and spread without we as light bearers to disperse it. The revelation of Jesus, risen, alive, overcoming anything, anything that might suggest we have no hope, no joy, no present, no future. In other words, no presence of God. The revelation of this Jesus comes in communities like this, in communities such as worship like this, and tells us that we have the light and nothing to fear. Communities such as ours where we came together on Maundy Thursday, on Good Friday this week, and then last night for an Easter vigil, and this morning in this worship, in the mission of serving others breakfast. We do this with hundreds of millions of other people around this planet and in whatever parallel universes there may be. It is in that revelation of Jesus that the other inside speaks and the Jesus whose light shone, shines, is known. You know, last night we sat here and at the end of the service, the Thursday, the Holy, Th- the uh, Easter Vigil, there's some praises in the end and it goes, Christ is risen, Christ is risen, Christ is risen, Christ is risen. Christ is risen, Christ is risen, and we were shouting. I don't know where it came from. Look at, she's smiling, she remembers, Jack. We were, it was like, we were hooting and hollering it up. And I thought, wow, wow, yeah. That kind of excitement, cheering, just erupting from knowing that Jesus has risen and is in our world and in our lives. Just like the news that the first disciples received on that morning, 2,000 years ago, they heard it and they ran breathless, excited, ready to tell everyone. So the question for me, maybe the question for you is, what do we run breathlessly to in the name of the risen Jesus or the God that you know, the God that made you? What makes us breathless? in the light and the cross that we share. What makes us run, ready to tell everyone the good news today. This is our time, our history, our Jesus in all parts of our lives. What do we do and say and how do we come together and find this one in our lives in this world? And what it is that we do is going to say more about Jesus, my opinion, than anything that might ever be written down. What do we run breathlessly to? And like the angel said, be not afraid. Be not afraid of the path or the questions in the light. Even if no immediate answers seem to be on the horizon, for that is the place where God paces patiently, waiting for us to catch up. Ask the questions. There is an old story about a rabbi who was asked by one of the students, why is it that you guys, you rabbis, 
so often put your teaching in the form of question. To which the rabbi answered, so what's wrong with the question? <laughs> Questions need to be asked. Statements need to be carried breathlessly for us to be alive. He is risen indeed, this day and every day. And may walking in his light be enough to fill you with constant contact, conscious contact, and the presence and the love of God and spirit in your lives for you and for all who know you to see. He is risen indeed. Breathlessly go and be joyful. For this too is the day that God has made. Amen.